in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bullyproofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call at 513-575-9654. If you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, pension analysis, NUA analysis, here's the point. If you're no longer with the company, then as a rule, your money should not be there either. So we can help you roll that out into a tax-neutral IRA, take control of your money. Give us a call, 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, today we're going to discuss six things to teach your children and grandchildren about investment and retirement planning. In the old uh, haunting and daunting, um, I guess, saying, if you only knew then what you do know now, what would today look like? Would it be different? And what we discuss today and all the things that we share when we get together and meet with uh, folks just like you is we go through a complete financial review of where you're at, what you have, uh, why you have it, what your goals are. Uh, do the positions and investments you hold align with those goals? And the internal spreads, fees, margins, and loads, cost, redundancies, inefficiencies, we want to uh, shed some daylight on that, fix that, reconfigure, put you back on your, your journey successfully forward. And that would be looking at investments, insurance, estate planning, income planning, all forms of complementary, um, if you will, financial plan. Everyone leaves our, our uh, offices with a financial plan. Um, fully disclosed, transparent on what it would be we'd recommend. We don't hold anything back so you can leave well-informed. And you decide, do you see a fit? Can we work together? So that's just kind of how we operate. And then um, with all of that information that you'd be fully equipped with, you could say, you know what? My next 10 years, 20, 30, the rest of my forever will look different, will look better because everything we do know now will be applied into that. And someday you can look back and say, wow, that made a difference. In the rearview mirror of life, you'll say, I ended well, I did well because I made a conscious decision to make a difference and to step in to make some plans. Because the old saying is, uh, everyone has a plan, right, James? That's right. If you don't, you have a plan to fail. That's, that's for sure. So have a plan. Come on in. We make it as easy as possible. First appointment's all about you. We get all the facts and information uh, on the table about you. Then the second appointment, guess what? It's all about you, but it's about the findings, recommendations, the planning, the analysis, everything to equip you fully to be successful and again, on purpose, not happenstance. So this week, is we're going to be taking a bit of a slight turn from the normal messaging uh, that we have in regards to retirement and proper planning, we're going to talk to your children and grandchildren, too. Because, you know, it's, it's been said you can't save everyone. Um, if that's the case, the Titanic would, would have ended much more happily. But um, what we can do is we can help our clients, then we can work through you, our clients, to the children and grandchildren, and multi-generationally lend a hand. Because eventually your um, assets and what you leave behind trickles down into the family tree. It's either going to go to people you love or charities you care about or all the above. So we can prepare 
um, you know, years, maybe decades in advance to see how that plays through so it meets uh, your wishes because that's what uh, real planning is all about. Uh, there's a biblical truth, a proverb that says, uh, where there's no vision, the people perish. That's the same with financial planning, too. So we're going to cover the six tips you should share with your children and grandchildren and potentially help them save for their retirement. Plus, you might even learn a few things yourself, as it really is possible to teach oh, an older dog, a middle-aged dog at that, and some new tricks. It's never too late to learn something new. Uh, it could help you invest for the future years. And the old saying is, it's never too early to do the right thing. It's never too late either. So six tips to teach your children and grandchildren about retirement planning, James. And let's get to the thought-provoking questions that tie into today's show. And yes, it seems like we could all live our life through song lyrics, such as teach your children well. <laughs> How about that particular song? But the starting point is this. The lack of education provided to the younger folk, the, the chitlins, if you will, out there, when it comes to financial literacy. That is a problem. It's a big problem. And, it, and sometimes it's like, well, who's going to teach the young ones what it means to be financially literate? There's so many different you know, ways that you can say, well, what are the older ways versus the newer ways of not only investment, but also uh, when it comes to planning, actually having a plan, right? So in what ways has retirement changed over the past decade or two or three decades? What could be the best way to manage your risk? And this is more of like saying, how do you manage or control your emotions when it comes to investments as you progress through your working career? It does mean everyone should be at full market risk, even at an early age, or dial back your risk when you get older, as you get older. Those are known as target date funds, by the way, in your retirement plans at work. It's, it can be a good way to invest, but is that the most effective way for you? the collective you, the individual you. How do you know when it's time to adjust your investment philosophy? And sometimes, once again, what stage of life are you actually in? At what point, maybe if ever, should you start to reduce risk in your portfolio? And again, you know, risk is, it comes in different flavors. Sometimes what we perceive to be risk is not really that risky. And other times what we perceive to be safe is extremely risky. And I'm speaking specifically about investing in things like commodities or some of the cryptos out there. Sometimes the, the risk in these particular asset classes is really just off the charts. Should you prioritize your employer-sponsored plans? That means your 401ks, your 403bs, or should you start privately investing in, say, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, and even non-IRAs, non-qualified investment accounts that, as you age through life, become non-qualified retirement accounts? How much should you be saving annually? And maybe break it down into a monthly basis. How much should you be saving on a monthly basis systematically in order to have enough to retire? What type of annual return would be considered plausible? What, what are your reasonable expectations for the amount of risk that you're willing to take as far as the returns you should expect to receive? And here's a reminder too, the markets do not always result in a positive return. There are going to be years when there are pullbacks. 2022 is a really good example of that. Should all of your investment dollars be allocated to stocks, that's to say equities, or other investment options that would be considered aggressive if you're in the younger, I'd say, age spectrum? And again, why is there a reduced national savings rate on today's younger generation of workers? There's so many more questions than this, but that's just the start. Greg, any thoughts? Oh, just jargon at times. Um, you know, 401ks, 403bs, all those, those tax-deferred accounts you get through your employer that are that are tax traps. I mean, you, you always want to um, take the free money, 
the matching funds, um, put that into that deferred account. But to the extent you add anything above, remember that those tax deferred accounts ultimately are tax trapped. Uh, the IRA guru himself, Ed Slot, constantly reminds people that even though you may think taxes are always high, right now they're still historically pretty low. And depending on you transitioning into retirement phase and your income dropping, it's a good time to get the taxes out of your IRA. Buy out Uncle Sam and go from forever taxed to never taxed. It's just, uh, there's like an, he statistically put it as there's a 95% chance that your taxes are going to go up in the future. Because you'll hear people say, no, in retirement, I'm just going to be in a lower bracket. Well, until that bracket is increased with other brackets, and then your, your tomorrow bracket ends up as high as your today's bracket while working. You just, you don't know. But he's pretty certain it's going to go higher. They're low now. We need to look at Roth conversions together. We need to look at other ways to create tax uh, free savings. Or if you have that option at work, instead of the traditional 401k, the traditional 403b, explore at least part of your contributions going into the Roth 401ks, the Roth 403bs. And, and then literacy. Just even the word literacy, when we think of um, younger generations, do they know what the word literacy means? I mean, uh, you know, what's democracy? Well, is literacy um, cat democracy where they get to choose the litter in their litter box? I mean, we always have to worry about jargon. And um, so as you're speaking to your family, keep it simple, the old KISS method. And you might be out there listening. The economic cycle that exists in the uh, stock market, James was mentioning about uh, equities and how much allocation to stock versus bond and the nature of bonds last year with interest rates going up, bond values went down and so forth. But just, uh, just while you're out there, the cycle of the market, stock prices go down, then earnings go down, and then the blood hits the streets and you start hearing about layoffs and uh, and transitions in companies, and they're reducing hiring. Well, if you're out there and affected by this phase, just take comfort as an investor. It's the last phase before things get better. So, you know, there's an antidote. But meanwhile, if you're directly affected by transitions like layoffs, just give us a call. We can help with rolling over the, the 401k or 403b or tax-deferred accounts into your own IRA and get started on your journey of your privatized financial plan so you can really succeed. And it's a good feeling to know where you stand so you know what kind of job to go back into if you're looking again or if you can actually step off the cable car and call a day and retire. But if you're out there, the PNGs of the world who constantly have turnover because of people aging through the, the, the life cycle of the company or literal layoffs, you know, a Kellogg or old Cincinnati Bell, um, Goodyear, the list goes on. If you're affected by that, don't hesitate to call us. It may be that the sun is rising, not setting, and there's opportunities you need to be aware of and confidence you can gain. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. We do refer clients and not companies. 
Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. It's interesting. We're, we're discussing six things to teach your children and grandchildren about investment and retirement planning. And James, just a little uh, nostalgia here. I don't know if you knew this. I didn't know this until I was six. So six things we're teaching here. Um, years, years, you know, six of years of age when I learned that my brother, which you only met a few times, he had six fingers. He could have counted down this show today. He had two thumbs. I was six when I realized, what's wrong with your thumb? And it's where they had, you know, removed one of the thumbs. And, uh, you know, I joked with him in my teenage years, like, gosh, I want to go hitchhiking with you. We're sure to get a ride and things like that. I know that just is like sad humor, but he would forgive me for it. Um, two thumbs up, right? Yeah. And you're all thumbs. I mean, it just goes on and on, but he could have indeed, uh, count down our show today with the six things to teach children, and grandchildren, because he has done a great job from my observation as a father and a grandfather over the years. And he's going to do quite well with legacy. He's always been the, the kind of guy that did the right thing for the right reasons, uh, regardless of consequences. So a little shout out to him if, whenever he would hear, uh, but here we go with some of these, uh, these concepts that need to be passed on multi-generationally. If you're leaving a pretty solid legacy footprint for someone else to step in, they'll appreciate you even more for it one of these days. And so as we go through the six tips to teach children and grandchildren, um, just know that we, in working with clients, it's our goal and our specialty here at Brown Financial Advisors to help our clients reduce volatility and speculation involved in the retirement future. You know, changing uncertainty into certainty alone helps reduce speculation. Markets have volatility. Now, we can rearrange investments different ways to reduce some of the volatility, eliminate all of it. You can use fully insured investments that will, that will eliminate any downside risk. We have some market strategies that uh, call them the Buffered Index Portfolio Series uh, that have caps to the upside. Uh, one of them is quite handsome or attractive right now. 50% of the upside of the lesser performing of the Dow and S&P over 24 months or one's 18 months. So just, did you catch that? You would get up to 50% of the results over two years of those major indices, whichever's lesser performing. They kind of trend and track together, however. And um, it absorbed 15% of the downside. If we went 15% further down from here and it was down 15, you'd be down zero. Gosh, another one, it's capped at 22.10, basically 22% to the upside over 18 months. And uh, so whatever the result is, if the market was up 30, you would get 22% of that. If it were down any at all, 100% of the downsides absorbed. So we call that an annuity killer. Why do you need a fixed index or fixed annuity to get protection for downside when you have a market strategy as unique as some of these to absorb and or eliminate downside risk? So anyway, just thoughts about volatility. Um, yes, one of the interesting approaches to that exact approach is that it doesn't involve stocks versus bonds. So many people out there think, well, the way to invest safely is instead of buying stocks or equities is to buy bonds. And what you're referring to is not a bond portfolio, but is a way to mitigate downside risk, which is exactly what most people think bonds are supposed to do is to mitigate potential market downside risk. Very true. So it's just a different approach to managing or at least controlling what we otherwise perceive to be stock market or equities risk. But that is our first tip is to invest in equities or the stock market in some degree or fashion. That does mean, you know, put all of your eggs into that one single basket. It just means some of your money should be invested in the stock market, especially at a young or early age. 
And it does help to have at least a general understanding about the equities and the bonds. And then we start segueing into maybe more details such as, well, for stocks, are we looking at individual stocks? Are we looking at the funds approach? And then we start delving into the funds as far as being mutual funds versus exchange-traded funds. Well, what's the difference there? How about one is usually more expensive than the other one? And for comparable rates of return, wouldn't you rather have a lower-cost fund, such as an ETF or exchange-traded fund, versus the ones that are loaded with fees, such as mutual funds? And sometimes what you're missing inside of these funds is that the funds are owning other funds, and then so forth and so on. So you have layers of fees, otherwise known as overlaps and redundancies and inefficiencies inside your portfolio. So yeah, some of that does delve into the education part about when you're investing in equities, the stock market, how or what is the quality of the investments that you're choosing. And, you know, going back to the time horizon here for a moment, this is why it makes so much more sense to put these inside of a Roth account if you can, is because the wrapper of the Roth means that over time, these monies, these funds will grow on a tax-free basis. Yes, if you're in a traditional account, you have tax deferral, but what's better than tax deferral is the future of being tax-free. Greg, any thoughts? I just like how you covered a lot of territory there and not to be shy of equities. There's an, there's an appropriate way to be positioned in the stock market. And we know that all things kind of rain down, trickle down from the capital markets, right? The exchange of goods and services continues until the last things bought and sold on this planet and the end becomes the final curtain call. Until then, finding great companies, good companies, better companies, avoiding less good and avoiding bad companies through active management, rotation and tilting, put you in a great position over the over the time. How much time? How about quit thinking about, I just retired, I'm old. That's stinking thinking. The real application of time, time horizon to investing is, what is your purpose for the money? When do you need what? How much liquidity? How much growth? How much income? And then step back and say, what is my real time horizon? How about the rest of your forever? And if you're a couple, the, the likelihood statistically you both uh, leave by, you know, the planet getting hit by a butter truck in the parking lot, not so high. Uh, it's usually one outlives the other. So we're really looking at, on a second-to-die basis, who's going to be here the longest? That's how long your money has to last, you and you all. And then whatever you leave is just what you leave. And James already mentioned you can carve out a portfolio in some unique ways. Let's say you're a 60-40 investor, 60% equities, 40% bond, and you're not a bond fan at this point. Well, that 40%, as mentioned, could be carved out and put into the, the like a buffered index portfolio where there's downside protection, upside participation um, without using a bond. And so we, we reduce the volatility, even eliminate on the bond portion of the 40%, but you still have equity-like opportunity to the upside. And then the other 60% literally is a traditional mix of actively managed stocks and, um, and funds that are equity-based for growth. It's just, there's a lot of fun that can be had with this. So be less apprehensive. Um, seek counsel. It's another biblical truth. And in the multitude of counselor, there is, well, there's victory. I mean, there's success to be had. Uh, don't try to do it alone. After all, how many times have you been successfully retired? Versus how many times have we helped navigate and direct and be the tour guides of people successfully working through the retirement concept? Uh, many, many times would be our experience. Very few times would be yours. So don't do it alone. You don't have to. Well, a reminder, too, about the bonds. And, and this is what we're going to see next as interest rates continue to stabilize, is that the bond funds will become more attractive. And we do 
need to kind of keep that tiny voice in the back of our mind to say what we should strive to do is to buy low and then sell high, not buy high and then sell low, right? So we, we should kind of keep that in, in our minds that we're looking to buy stuff when it's on sale. And that's a reminder to don't completely forsake the bonds market, especially if you can successfully ladder your different bonds inside your portfolio as well. Ladder mean, laddering meaning having different durations. So short-term bond portfolio, for example, having different uh, laddered as far as duration or maturity dates of the different bonds inside of that bond fund. Yeah, and as one matures, um, we can either take that as some income and send it to you as cash flow, or we just put it back into the ladder sequence and buy the furthest one out and one after another, almost like watching a, a dominoes fall. It's very incremental, it's very purposeful, and it plays on the durations of bonds, keeps you liquid, but keeps you invested in prevailing good blended rates, and it's just a wise thing. So you're not going to do that just holding some fund. Um, you, anyway, come see us. Well, there's a lot we can do to help, and when we're looking at um, concept equities, again, don't be stock shy. Uh, the S&P 500 considered the benchmark, the average over long periods of time, about 10% per year. Uh, don't listen to some of the maniacs on the radio that aren't real financial advisors that say 12, 14, 16%, and they own a bunch of mutual funds, and you should too, and they don't even know what they're talking about. They're real estate professionals, not financial experts. Get out of debt experts, maybe at best. <clears throat> Excuse me. So look out for just what you hear in the news and noise of the day. And speaking of news and noise, headlines of market turmoil, market volatility, yeah, it can all be alarming, especially when you're retired and you're not adding new money to old money and um you know, you just, you don't have the time horizon you believe as your grandchildren do and so forth. But remember, you don't need to invest all your money in stocks or at full market risk. We've already outlined a few uh, contingencies and exceptions and approaches and always have an emergency fund for that cash, whether it's um, money in the bank or money in the freezer uh, or the old fireproof mattress. Look out, house goes down, there goes your wealth. You know all this, but um, liquidity is good to have. Emergency resources don't necessarily have to be locked down. They can just be liquid and available. And um, just taking the tips further, everything depends on your situation, your goals. Uh, every, you know, every situation's different. We want to help you with near-term, mid-term, and long-term concepts the rest of your lifetime to be successful at retirement, investment, income, and cash flow is king in retirement. James? Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help, but stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borton. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients, not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. And yes, it does all start with a plan. That means having a plan, knowing what you own and why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, pension offerings, investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, Social Security maximization, a Roth conversion analysis, NUA analysis, and for some, perhaps even an in-service rollover, all those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com, email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com, and our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. Well, James, six things to teach children and grandchildren about investing and uh, the retirement planning process. All investing long-term kind of ends up and in, boxed into the canyon of eventual retirement. So whether you're investing now and you have some pet projects or some financial goals like college, RV, um, second home, 
uh, helping the grandchildren with the first home or college or whatever it might be, there's always the major sliver that should be focused more so on the retirement concept because we all uh, eventually wind up there one way or another, uh, hopefully. And you know, here's a principle, just thinking randomly, you know, thinking about uh, children and grandchildren in particular. The sooner you can teach your children some biblical principles on money, I mean, for example, like uh, tithing. Tithing, the word tithe actually means 10%. That doesn't mean you're limited to that, but, you know, and people can agree to disagree, but, you know, that's the terminology. So if out of 100% of your dollar bill that you earn, take home, of course, the first part goes to Uncle Sam. You know, 10%, perhaps your tithe. The next 10%, saving every year and forever for you. And then the other 80%, you can live off that. But if you're closer to retirement, so you're in your late 40s or you're in your 50s, it's time to ramp that up, maybe 15%, 20%. So you have your 10% tithe, you have your 20% you, and you have the rest to live off of. If you were to follow that, or we, any of us, the majority of our life, from the time of our first check to the final check, you have any idea how incredibly well-positioned you would be? So there's something to share with children because it's not too late and grandchildren because it's just on time. But as we transition to continue with like equities and what types of equities or, or stock exposure, market exposure, James, why, um, why some versus other types of holdings? Well, we touched on this a little bit before about the, the funds approach. And yes, there are different strategies that we have that are individual stock strategies. We also have a number of them that have funds approach to the investing, which is the ETFs or exchange traded funds. We try to stay away from the mutual funds because, once again, those seem to be loaded with a lot of fees, and the overall cost structure is prohibitive, and therefore it affects your overall rates of return. It kind of works like this. If, it, if the fund costs you more, has the same rate of return, you're getting less in your pocket. So when it comes to the funds, the ETFs especially, uh, they, you know, what's inside of this? And it's, it's just very simply a collection of individual stocks, bonds, securities, if you will. It could be commodities or some type of combination thereof, all into a single fund. And then when you look at, well, does the fund have a particular sector or does it have a particular, you know, index that it follows? The answer is yes and yes. So you can have funds that mirror or follow benchmarks like the S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ. You can look at different individual market sectors such as technology, healthcare, finance, energy, so forth and so on. And then we get into, well, are we looking just simply domestically? Are we looking internationally? Are we looking internationally in the developed markets, in the emerging markets? And once again, the answers are yes to all of the above. So rather than having to choose which individual stocks to buy and how much, you can easily get the same diversification, if not more, by simply having ETFs, exchange-traded funds, inside your portfolio. And again, they are very similar in construct and concept to what a mutual fund is, except that they are bought and sold based on their price throughout the day, while mutual funds are based on the price at the end of the day. Any other thoughts, Greg? Yeah. ETFs, basically trade light stocks, can be more tax-efficient. They're more surgically precise. We can dial in on an ETF that contains certain components of a market or markets, and... Um, Pretty, pretty helpful. Lower cost all the way around, a little to no redundancy. It's just pretty cool. Now, you know, you mentioned 8,000 actively managed mutual funds out there with billions of dollars inside all that. Um, I read something recently. This may not be exactly correct, but it's conceptually true. Uh, upwards of 42,000 
mutual funds have been born into this world, where are they? How many are still left, right? Exactly. And what happens to those rates of return for those funds that just have have been disappeared, right? They go away and they tell the newest, latest, and greatest story about look at our fund and how magically delicious it is. And that's a danger of funds too. People analyze them incorrectly. You want, uh, okay, they're rated by Morningstar up to five stars, five being the best, one being, you know, the least, and then some not rated. So here you come along, you're wanting good funds, not bad funds, right? So you're looking for four and five stars. Well, here's what's really happening. Those funds are at the top of their game, right? They're winners. We know that winners eventually become losers, and losers may or may not ever become winners. So you just stepped in towards what James mentioned earlier. We all know we don't want to buy high and sell low, but you just set yourself up for that fall. You also do this when you're selecting 401k funds. You know, you're doing your best. You look down a couple columns uh, since inception, 10 years, five years, three years, year to date. You're choosing those that are prevailing, doing the best once again, you're choosing to buy into the high side of a fund. Now, statistically, some of them might continue to succeed for a period of time, but they're going to roll over. They're going to transition. There is a better approach. We've got to get much deeper under the hood. We need to choose the engine parts to build the engine, not choose the car popping the hood, hoping there's an engine in it. So, yeah, just a couple of thoughts, James. Um, let's see. What about the PAR process? We have a process to analyze just this. We want to look at your existing portfolio. We call it the Portfolio Analysis Review, PAR process for short. And um, uh, it's just one of those things where we're going to go in, we're going to check how many brokerage accounts do you have scattered with accounts different places, each custodian, what's the redundancy and uh, tax status of it, um, inside what positions do you own in each account redundantly, how many times you need to own the same stuff, right? How much do you own redundantly you don't even know about? How much income do you receive from the investment if you're in income phase? What's the yield? Is it, is it lethargic? Is it anemic? Are you getting a 1% to 2% annualized yield from the dividends or yield from the bonds when we need to be between 3 and 4%? Um, how's the risk and reward balanced? Are you getting the reward for the risk you're taking? Are you taking the right risk? Is the risk aligned with your actual risk tolerance? Or are you in much deeper into the pool than you're able to swim in? Uh, do you know the fees, the, the total Cost of ownership is what this boils down to, not just the fee of the advisor. Those will get lost led by brokerage firms in Wall Street day in, day out. And if you're pennywise pound foolish, you're going to be in the, raw, in the, in the pound foolish line because you're going to fall for the low fee tactic when your total cost of ownership is far above what our active managed suite of all-inclusive investments and holistic advisory cost because you fell victim of a loss led fee. No, it's about total cost of ownership, including all the expenses, redundancy, internal spreads, fees, margins, and loads of the things you own. And are they even the right stuff for your, your objective? Just so much to go through. And that PAR process is something we'll do. You bring in your statements. We have a sit down. We go over everything together. Then we have you back to share all the analysis plus the recommendations and your draft plan, your income plan, um, just tax analysis, tax efficiency, Social Security maximization, pension maximization. If you're looking at transition from the company, your rollover. If you're looking at a buyout, how to assess it. If you're looking at choosing a lump sum versus part annuity, part lump sum or total lump sum of a, um, a, a pension election. What about survivor's benefit? All of it. Life insurance review, beneficiary review. You, you deserve better. And we just want you to come in and benefit by what we're offering here. It's complimentary. James? Oh, yes. Well, just a reminder about the acronym PAR. It stands for Portfolio Analysis Review. And oftentimes what we find when we pop open the hood and see what's underneath is people with redundancies and overlaps in their portfolios. 
and we see this very often with people who have mutual funds in their, in their portfolios, is because what happens is inside each different mutual fund, you have different fund managers. Each different mutual fund could have the same over what looks like the same overlaps redundancies where you have the same individual holdings maybe owned five or six different times because you have five or six different mutual funds. That's an example of being inefficient in your portfolio because technically you're paying for that ownership five and six times over. That's how it's inefficient. Most definitely. And then those fund managers don't know each other exist or that you own the funds or that you even exist and they don't know your advisor. So when we build portfolios, we build strategies and those strategies have ingredients. We control the ingredients to make the recipe. And by doing so, we can make sure that there's not extra salt, butter, or chocolate chips. Even though you, you might, I hope you're not the kind of person that eats butter by the spoonful, but um, might catch you in the chocolate chip bowl, right? Well, having ingredients correctly, it, it, that results in the right recipe. It's the same with investing. We want to control the ingredients at the ingredient level to build the recipe, which is the strategy that fits in your overall portfolio, which fits in, um, in like, I guess you might say, harmony with your overall financial plan, aligned with your objective at your risk level. That's what you need. And that's not what you get with these cookie cutter mutual funds and solutions and through brokerage firms and your bank and uh, the big firms that you might see say it every week, Super Bowl commercials and football stadiums named after them and elephant skin chairs, all that is with your money. You deserve better. You deserve a solution that works. There's more. There's much more. Our phone at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients and not companies. And our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, if you're out there and you have... Um you have questions about some things you can learn still yourself and share with your children and grandchildren. Well, how about the area of uh, variable annuities and annuity products in general? And then what do we do about company stock offerings as you're working your way up through the corporate ladder? Well, let's just dive in. Uh, if you have worked with, I'll, I'll dare say a financial advisor because it's more like a broker with the brokerage firms, Wall Street and the banks. Um, and you've picked up what's called a variable annuity. You need to come see us. We need to do a review on that. ASAP. You need to know what's really in that. We have found very few worth keeping over the past 20 years. Very few. And um, they were generally for specific purposes, like they were at a certain value point late in life to just better to keep it at that point. (laughs) Otherwise, earlier in life, it's like run for the fire exit, generally speaking. So why? Well, because these typically are insurance products wrapping mutual funds, have full market risk, and are loaded with 3 to 5% internal cost and annual fees. That means you're splitting your retirement wealth with an entity and you may not even know it. What that could mean if you're taking 3 to 4% as income and they're taking 3 to 5% in fees, then you are in a collision course to empty that account before you're dead and leave your family nothing. You basically are giving your legacy away with some of these products. And, and you're also enduring risk that may be inappropriate for your risk tolerance. So write it down somewhere. Like an old George Strait song. Just write this down. 
you need to come see us if you have a variable annuity and you got it from a bank or brokerage firm. You need to come see us. Now, next would be, what do you do with um, annuities? Well, when markets take a downturn, like the past year, the dinner seminars, and we have some public seminars too, so I'm not knocking the opportunity to meet people just like you, have dinner together, have an evening of food, fund, and finance, which uh, go to our website. We have dinner seminars coming up and events for you to check out. Um, or call our office. We'll get you in one, and, and we'll have a good evening together and learn a lot of stuff. But um, it, just brings, it just brings the termites out of the wood. It smokes them right out. When you have down markets, you have people acting like financial advisors who are really insurance sales termites, selling nothing but annuities, preying on your fear of losing money, and getting you in something that, that you once you invest in may have such a limited upside. Yeah, I get it. You're looking at the shiny object of no downside, fully insured against risk or loss. Yeah, but what are you giving up for that? You're giving up growth and upside over time. And do you need it? Well, if you've transitioned to annuity in the past year from a down market into something that limits upside participation, you've locked in your losses. So when the market does rally, you're going to be stuck in a capped product and limiting your recovery of what you need most, your money back. So if you're out there going to these seminars and you've just signed the bottom line on an annuity contract or you're thinking about it and you've been pitched one, you need to come see us. It may or may not be the best solution for you. There are some decent annuity products, but specific purpose, it, it's all about purpose. So, and then enough said there. If you're contemplating an annuity, you just bought one, you have older ones before you renew them or do anything differently with them or just let's have this reviewed. You deserve better for the rest of your journey financially. And then if you're out there and you have company stock inside the 401k offered by the company or stock in general where they allow you a discount, you can buy their stock at a reduced rate. Well, some of that you just ought to take advantage of. To what degree, how much, which company, what stock? Well, come see us. We'll help you assess just that. And then by all means, if you do have that opportunity and we determine together that it's a quality company and you should stock up on some of that stock, what's the limit? How much is too much? How much of the balance of your investment in your 401k or deferred account through the employer should be diversified more broadly against other investment selections? We'll help you with that choice that you have too, because it's very important that you make the right selection, right? Which funds, what reason, reducing redundancy, uh, broader diversification, appropriate diversification, not over-diversification. What's over-diversification? It's owning too much stuff, not the right stuff. Just because you own a lot of stuff doesn't mean you're properly diversified. It just might mean you just own too much different stuff. And what's the problem with that mathematically? Here's a simple illustration. Let's say a third of the stuff that you own broadly does well. Uh, a third does okay. And a third does horrible. Stir it together. What do you get? Mediocrity. You deserve better. You get the reward for the risk you take if you're owning the right stuff, not just owning a lot of stuff. So, James, just a couple of thoughts there. All right. So, tip number four is contribute or at least save on a regular systematic basis. So especially for people at work and you have access to employer-sponsored plan, at the very least, contribute up to the employer match. If you don't do that, you're turning down essentially free money or it's like turning down a raise. So if the employer matches 3%, that's the minimum you should contribute is also 3%. If it's 5 then do at least 5 And as far as the, you know, what we call dollar cost averaging, that just means on a systematic basis, you keep contributing to your plans. If you have access to one at work, great, keep doing that. If you don't have access to one at work, or if you just have extra cash laying around, not otherwise doing anything, 
start investing privately. That means either traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, or the non-IRA, which is also called non-qualified plans. Qualified means the government hasn't yet fully taxed your money. Non-qualified means the government has already taxed the cost basis of what you put into your investments, and then you only pay taxes on the gains and also likely at capital gains tax rates, depending upon how your investments are invested. And then for those who are getting closer to retirement or maybe have already retired, now you start getting into the phase known as the deaccumulation phase, the distribution phase. So the next part is having a plan for how you're going to deaccumulate or start spending your money. Another way of looking at that is having an income plan. So remember, the income, the periodic savings, eventually that goes away. Having a plan to spend it affordably is crucial. Greg, what's next? Well, number five, establish a Roth IRA for yourself if you haven't, right? Or them, children and grandchildren. We just mentioned the Roth IRA. If you're under the annual income limit, James. But what's the catch of having a, a Roth account is you must have earned income. That means wages or self-employment. So you can't just simply put money into like a piggy bank or savings account or investment account called a Roth IRA if no one is actually working. Yeah, it's kind of like a, there's a bookend reality here. One bookend says... If you make too much, you can't do it. And the other one says, you make too little, you can't do it. You have to have earned income and then some limits apply. But this is money that you should be stashing away uh, outside of your employer account. James mentioned earlier, if there's a Roth 401k opportunity, take advantage of it. You know, talk to us. We'll help you map that out. But we're talking on your private investment side. If you do a traditional IRA, you might get a tax credit now, a reduction of income, lowering your taxes now. But what's going to happen? That money's going to be locked in and never taxed until later, and it's going to be forever taxable. It's going to be a tax trap. And the old saying is, if you're a farmer, would you rather pay tax on the seed or the harvest? Well, if you do a Roth IRA, you're going to pay the taxes now on the seed. So as it grows into a bountiful harvest, you'll never pay taxes on that harvest. So the Roth IRA is a perfect place to to do some of these things. Um, The benefits, think taxes. Roth IRAs like paying taxes, again, on the seed, not the harvest. Also a good possibility that the taxes are going to increase. We talked about an IRA expert, Ed Slot, says he statistically believes 95% chance it'll increase regardless of your bracket today versus your belief of your bracket in retirement tomorrow. That if all the brackets move up, you might be in a lower bracket amongst your peers later, but an equal or higher bracket than you are today. Just thing to be weary of. Uh, and a Roth IRA contributions that go in, they've already been taxed. And rather than stashing more and more cash away at the bank, have these funds working and maxing out inside the Roth IRA each year because uh, it'll be tax-free to your surviving spouse, to your beneficiaries and heirs, and your legacy if you don't get around to using it. And later in life, if you need a dollar out of this account, it'll be tax-free at a time where you don't want uh, taxes chasing around town because, uh, you know, in an IRA, traditional you take out a dollar, who knows if tax rates are 40 cents, I mean, 40%, you'd get 40 cents taxed, walk out, uh, you know, your dollar, you get 60 cents. When you needed a dollar, so you have to take out a buck 50 to get a dollar, you'll deplete your resources faster. A couple notes on limits. The uh, 2022, last year limit of 6,000 per year, that's 7,000 if you're age 50 and above, 6,000 if you're under 50. For 23, 2023, the limits are 6,500 under age 50. 7500 for age 50 and above. It's called a catch-up rate. Now, all monies and growth in the IRA, reminder, tax-free for the remainder of the life of the account, and that's uh, subject to your age on you being able to take it out or the five-year seasoning rule that the account's at least five years old 
in its fang before you take some distributions. But that's typically not an issue for people. And as a rule, the funds can be accessed um, after age 59 and a half without any form of penalty, uh, which kind of forces you to leave them alone all those years. Tip number six, educate yourself and the children, the chitlins, on how money works. That means have some time on, you know, what exactly is the investments, the savings, Roth IRAs, the like, time value of money, the impacts of inflation. What does that do over the, over the course of time? How about this? The value of a dollar today is worth the value of a dollar tomorrow. At, you know, at 3%, that's like saying a dollar today is 97 cents, same time next year. So it does pay to understand what you are working with, how this is all going to fit together, and, of course, having a plan in place. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. Now, on behalf of Greg, myself, James, thank you for listening today. Have a great week, and remember this. Sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.